On today's episode of the Just Jazz podcast, we are back after a hiatus. We're here to talk jazz basketball, trade deadlines, what rumors the jazz have been linked to, what deals we would like to see, uh, other rumors going around the NBA, and as always, just talking the jazz, baby. That's what we do. That's what we love. All right, Max, here we go. Left-hand dribble, hands off the memo, for money, yes! Cash it in the bank! Runs it to Burks, catch and shoot three, no. Rebound, oh my! I gotta see that over and over again. Played by who? Mitchell. This is Just Jazz, your weekly podcast for Utah Jazz game analysis, news, rumors, predictions, undying love, and more. We're your hosts, Zach and Max, Max and Zach, year 2023. Getting a late start here, but we're we're stoked to be back. And, you know, on a, a positive note, you know, we used to always do our Delta Daydream, but uh, Delta Daydream is now going to become a reality. Uh, we got some good news that... The Delta Center's back, summer 2023. So I'm really stoked. Um, but we'll still, you know, do some Delta daydreaming. Um, but yeah, a lot has happened. This season has been so much more than we could have ever hoped and f- expected. I mean, maybe expected. Hoped. I think a lot of people, you know, were hoping for less. Honestly, you know, just hoping for a good rebuild. And we got so much uh, more. We got something way better um, than a tank. Um, and now the trade deadline is days away, February 9th. Today's February 4th, right? The trade deadline is the 9th. Uh, Thursday. Right. Yeah, whatever day yeah. Thursday is. And we got uh, the Jazz are, you know, they're in the middle of it seems to be endless rumors. They are, you know, either buyers, they're going to be sellers. They're in the middle of three team trades, you know, just, you know, them and another team. There's lots to dive into, Zach. It's a really exciting time to be a Jazz fan. Yeah, so let's start here with this uh, tweet from Tony Jones earlier today uh, that says, Jazz fans, the Jazz have had at least one trade discussion with literally every team in the league. So Utah is going to be a popular name over the next five days. I think this is something that, um, that you know, we've, we've really uh, enjoyed seeing. This is something that um, has been very, very fun. Uh, but it, it kind of tends to be the same the same names, right? It's Malik Beasley, it's uh, Jared Vanderbilt, it's Kelly Olynyk, it's Mike Conley, right? Those those are kind of the four names that I see most popping up that that teams want. I agree, and it seems that those players are also often involved in three team trades, helping other teams score big or offload something that they don't want like Westbrook or now Kyrie Irving. Um, and so there's lots of, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. It seems like there's always tons of rumors and the trade deadline seems to be a bust. I'm thinking that this year is going to be really fun. I'm predicting that this year we're going to see a lot that I don't think the jazz want to stand pat. I think they want to make moves. They want to switch things up. Um, they want to set themselves up for a better future. What do you think, Zach? I mean, I think that they are for sure going to be making moves. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we're looking at right now, Max, is we want to make trades that benefit the future, but also right now, right? I don't think the Jazz want to be sellers just to be sellers. I think okay. we're looking for pieces that are going to help us now um, because we're a playoff team. We, you know, whether we make the playoffs or not, we're good enough to be in the playoffs. And the West is so tight um, that, you know, there's almost no difference between um, being a playoff team and not being a playoff team. So as of tonight, um, if I pull up the NBA standings here, the Jazz are in eighth place. We're 10 games back from first. Uh, home court advantage in the West, which is the Clippers right now, they're two games ahead of us. So they're eight games back. And the Lakers, who are in 13th, are two games behind us, right? So the difference of, you know, four losses is what separates being the 13 seed or the four seed. So the West is so tight. I just don't see us just dropping everyone. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be a very, very fun time. It's going to be fun to, to kind of see what happens. And, and we're going to be a name that, um, that's really active in the, in the next five days. So let's kind of talk Max about the, the guys that you want to see, um, come to Utah. We've kind of talked about the guys that you want or that, that have, been popular but who are the guys that you kind of want to see coming to utah i mean i don't know if this is realistic um uh, i love i've always loved og Ananobi, and i hear he's he's available and i would love to see the jazz i think that he's more offensively capable than um you get to see really um i think he's a great no i think he obviously is a very good uh elite defender in the league um, and I would love to see that guy get locked up by the Jazz. I think that, you know, the price is pretty hefty, and I don't want to see that paid, but I would love to see the Jazz go test out that market. I think he's a guy that, you know, you want. Um, so him, um, I would love to see the Jazz go get someone like John Collins. I'm not super sure about, you know, where he's at, what he can bring to the table at this point. I mean, we've seen in the past how – offensively dominant he can be he's had a lot of injuries and that kind of stuff always bugs me it worries me i should say um and it's hard to get excited about committing to someone who you you know why has he fallen off and lost you know some consistency is it all on the team not giving him the right opportunities or is it on him as well um but you know i i when i think about this team i think about you know just stacking the lineup you know having uh walker kessler in the middle and then having your four or be Larry Markinen and getting as many other tall people as you can get. Someone like John Collins, who's, I believe, 6'9", 6'10", would be awesome. Um, someone like um, OG Ananobi, who's really tall, you know, just have as many tall people as you can. I, You know, the Jazz always have struggled with having too many short people in the court. And so those two guys are guys I'm really intrigued by. And uh, yeah, I think John Collins is more likely than OG, but who knows? We'll see what happens. You never know with someone like Ainge. But what about you? Yeah. So, I mean, John Collins, right. That's been a name that we've kind of talked about for years now. Um, that's, that's somebody that, that I would really like to see in a jazz uniform. You know, he's uh salt Lake born um, with his mom being in the air force. Uh, so that'd be really fun to see. Um, I do think that if a Kyrie or Russell Westbrook trade goes down, the jazz are involved in that somehow. Right. If, if Kyrie, I think, the one that is looking um, like it could happen, you know, Dallas is a big suitor. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith to Utah plus a pick 
um, Kyrie to the Mavs and then like Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley to the, uh, to the Nets. I'd, I'd like to see some sort of framework like that happen. Um, I think that would be really cool to, to see and understand. Um, but you know, anything that, that we need, uh, I think we can pull it off. I think we have the assets to, to bring those types of guys in um, and just have that understanding. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I sent you what I read in the athletic about that one, whoever that dude was talking about the jazz, you know, even being involved, possibly he thought that the, the jazz could be a, a dark horse team and the Kyrie Irving uh, trades. And I, I, I don't really agree, but um I think that goes to show what the jazz are. I mean, people that are saying that, I mean, they know what the conversations are going on behind the scenes. They know what the jazz are looking at. Um, and if they saw an opportunity, I don't see why Ainge would shy away from that. Um, that being said, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that's the right fit. Um, but yeah, it's it, the trade deadline is also a bummer. Cause like, you know, you come, we've come to like these guys. We've had this season that we didn't really expect, I really like Malik Beasley. I, I can't remember how much time he has left on his contract, but he's a guy that I wish that was, you know, in the long-term plans. He, I think he's a great defender. He shoots the ball so well. You know, he's capable of averaging 17, 18 points a game. Um, you know, it's kind of a bummer to think about trading him. Um, and if we do, I really hope that we get something in return that's, you know, going to be a difference maker. I would prefer it not to just be a first round pick um, in the deep future, just because, you know, I think that he brings a lot to the table now and replacing him is going to be kind of tough. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Kelly Olenek has been awesome. Seems like he's a pretty no, I, I hate Kelly Olenek. I can't stand him. Oh, I love Kelly Olenek. I think I wish so Kelly Olenek was off my team. Why don't you like him? Um, I just feel like he, you know, so, so last night in the Hawks game, um, we'll take that for example. We, uh, you know, Clarkson hits those two threes, brings us within like four or five. Um, and then we got to stop and, you know, Clarkson was feeling it. And Kelly Olenek just says, okay, it's my turn and misses three layups in a row. Right. Three? I didn't get to watch the game. We were out. Oh yeah. No, it friends, was. It, and there was like two minutes left. We're down five. Right. He makes that. It's a one score game. Um, Clarkson was feeling good. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I get that he helps this team, right? He's a seven footer that can handle the ball that can shoot. Um, but you know, with the emergence of Walker Kessler, I think that he needs 30 minutes a game. I just think there's a lot of talent here. Kelly Olynyk can't be in our long-term plans. Oh no. So I, I say, I, I say, get him out. Right. I, mean, I say, I say get him out too. You know, I, I, what I was trying to say is I just like him and I think he brings some, you know, a rare skill set to the team, but like, you know, I, the, it looks like the heat and Celtics both want a reunion with him. There's lots of opportunities for him to, you know, be moved. Um, Vando's a hot name. You know, it'll be interesting to see if it actually happens. I am totally, I think we've had plenty of conversations. I'm totally okay with not necessarily tanking, but doing something that makes us lose more games this season. Um, and I, I don't really expect us to make the plan. I think that teams like the Lakers are going to be trying to do something that helps them make the playoffs teams like the, uh, trailblazers want to make the playoffs. OKC is hot. O you know, SGA is unstoppable right now. Um, and that's, you know, I'd love to see the jazz go to playoffs, but also I'm perfectly fine missing the playoffs, um, in order to make 
the future brighter. Um, but like you said, and like we've talked about and heard all over the place, I don't expect the Jazz to make a trade that tanks or helps them, you know, make a deep playoff push. They're just going to do whatever's best. And if that helps them succeed more this season than they already are, great. And if not, you know, great as well. I think that they're just totally focused on the long-term plan. Um, and it looks like that long-term plan is actually kind of becoming like a, a short to midterm plan. It could become something that, you know, we could see a, a playoff, a deeper playoff emphasis in, you know, two to three seasons from now, maybe next year we could see something fun, but two to three years, I think something could be legit, you know, pushing for the top seed in the West or being a top seed in the West and hopefully making a deep playoff push um, and adding the the correct pieces around marking in and, um, you know, all the other guys that we're developing to, to have something special happen, have this short rebuild and, you know, keep things exciting. Yeah. So here's a, um, here's a trade that was, uh, that Ben Dowsett kind of, kind of talked about. Um, and so the Lakers get Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, uh, Malik Beasley, the Nets get Mike Conley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Lonnie Walker. We get Russell Westbrook. A 2024 second rounder, a 2029 first rounder from the Lakers that's top three protected, 2027 unprotected first rounder, 2027 second rounder, and a 2025 second rounder. So two first rounders? So two first rounders. Both from the Lakers? Lakers, Yeah, the Lakers, two first rounders, three second rounders, um, and and Russ. And And we give up Beasley, Beasley, Vanderbilt, Conley. And so he talked about it and he said, if the jazz did this or some similar acquisition involving both LA picks, they'd enter summer uh, 2023 with by far the league's best uh, pick war chest around 30 million in cap space, three picks in the stack 2023 draft marketing Kessler Clarkson, Akbaji, Olenek. Then they'd immediately have the ammo to lead any trade market for the next disgruntled star and or so many bites at the apple for a homegrown star to put next to Lowry. In my opinion, that's well worth figuring out three months of Russ awkwardness. And I kind of agree with that, right? As much as we love Mike Conley, those other two guys, we already see them going out, right? We already see Beasley and Vanderbilt. There's so much, there's so much smoke around them that I just don't see us keeping those guys because they have value. So if you can get both of those Lakers picks, I think you do it. I think you sit there then and you have the Lakers future, you have the Timberwolves future, and you have the uh, the Cavs future, all of which are going to be post-Rudy, post-LeBron, and probably post-Don. Um, and so, you know, that's a really good deal. <laughs> if you can own three franchise picks, there's a lot that you can do with that. What I want to know is why is Vando not part of the long-term plan? Um, I feel like he can really, you know, continue to work on his corner three. His defense is great. He rebounds, he hustles. I just, uh, what I wonder is why, I mean, yeah, he has value, but why? It seems like he's never been part of the long-term plan. And I just wonder why. So I think he kind of was, right? Because at the start of the year, Vando was playing quite a bit. But the difference is, is he was playing with Kelly. And Kelly can stretch the floor. Vando can't. I would like to see Vando get some time in a development system and really work on that three. Because with Walker and Vanderbilt, right now they're two, they're two, you can't spread it. And and so that's why he's not in the long-term plans, is because Walker Kessler has been so dominant. 
And if we look at our um, payroll for, so next year, everyone is under contract um, besides Nikhil. Nikhil's our only, Nikhil, Balmaro, and Doak don't have a contract at all. Beasley has a team option. Clarkson has a player option. THT has a t- player option. Rudy Gay has a player option, right? So our team's pretty set. And then after that, the next year, 24 and 25, you have Sexton at 18 million. You have Markinen at 18 million. You have Ochai at four and you have Walker Kessler at three, right? So your four guys that are in long-term plans, they're there for a while. And I think that's really cool to see as jazz fans. And I would like to see a player, you know, a young player like OG or like John Collins or even, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith to, to plug and play alongside those guys. I would love us for this offseat or this trade deadline, go out, make a splash, find your third player, right? Markkinen realistically is a second option on a championship team. So go find that third option on the championship team. And then in a couple summers, when you feel ready for it, go take the swing and go get your superstar. If you could go land anyone or, you know, maybe not, who, who do you have your eyes on? Who are your top three prospects? Who's the, you know, the potential big name or, you know, up and coming guy that disgruntled star, whatever you want to call it, that you would hope that the Jazz could possibly make a run for in the next year or to three years? Um, okay, so my first one is a guy that we've talked about a lot um, on this pod, and it's uh, it's John Collins. So as I pull up Lowry Markin stats, um. If you okay, we'll just go career stats. Markinen's at 16.8 points, seven boards, and one assist on uh 45% shooting, 37% from three, and 85 from the line. John Collins, uh, in the same were they drafted same year? Yes, they were drafted in the same year. John Collins, 16.1 points per game. Uh, eight rebounds and one assist. So very, very similar. Collins is a 55% from the field, uh, 36% from three and 78% from two, right? So career stats, they're very, very close. Um, And we saw the leap, you know, that's including Markinen's 25 points per game this year on 43% shooting from three, right? So I think that John Collins talent wise is up to par with Lowry Markinen. And we saw what uh, coach Hardy did with, with Lowry. I think he could have the similar thing um, with, uh, with John Collins. Another guy that I would really like that has Utah ties is Kyle Kuzma. I think Kuzma is, is a player. Um, so Kuzma's that same way career 16.4 six boards and about three assists on 45, 34, um, and 72% shooting, right? So those are two guys that could easily be the third option on, um, on a team. Um, and then other guys, I don't necessarily think he's a third option, um, but I would love to see, you know, and it's kind of been talked about in a Jared Vanderbilt trade to, to Portland to go get Josh Hart. I think if we could walk away, um, with Josh Hart and or Nasir Little, I think that would be really good. I think Josh Hart is one of those players um, that he kind of doesn't get the credit he deserves, but does so well for his team, right? He does he does the dirty work. He'll, he's a guard 
um, at 6'5", that averages six boards a game. His career best, um, when he was on the Pelicans that uh, his first year, he was at eight rebounds a game. And as a 6'5 guard, I think that's really, really impressive. He'll do the dirty work, and he's a Villanova player, right? These Villanova players, we've seen them. They're plug and play, right? They just need guys around them. Jalen Brunson, Eric Pascal, um, Josh Hart, McCall Bridges, all of these guys are plug and play players that you can put them in any system and they'll thrive. So rank those guys in order of who you'd prefer. I think it goes in that order. John Collins, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. Okay. And then who do you think could be the one number one option in the future? Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the question. It's who's the next disgruntled guy. Is it, you know, do you take a swing in two years for an older Damian Lillard? Um, does Booker want out here shortly? Uh, you know, Luca. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Luca is a pipe dream. I don't think Luca's, I think Luca's the next James Harden. Um, you know, so if we could bring in Luca as a, as a system player and not a, dribble the ball for 20 seconds before making a move. Um, I think Luca could be really good, but as of right now, he's not, um, you know, maybe that guy's Kevin Durant here in a year or two. Um, I think there's a lot of stars that are on the verge of being disgruntled. LaMelo balls, another one of those guys, all these players could ask out here shortly, Jimmy Butler, um, and if you were to plug in any of those players, I think that looks really, really good for the jazz. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I think about, you know, some of these guys and it, Jimmy Butler, you know, great player. Is he the type of guy you want to bring into the jazz organization? Is he the type of guy that, you know, makes the team better? Or is he going to cause issues? I think that everywhere he goes, he kind of always, you know, causes more problems than the good that he does. I don't know. That's just how I feel. LaMelo ball, I think will continue to mature. Um, can he be a number one option? Is he the type of locker room presence you want? I mean, at the end of the day, if he wins your championship, who cares? But, you know, it is kind of interesting to wonder, you know, what what are the pros, what are the cons of those guys, and um, if it's worth it at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I like to think that SGA can become disgruntled one day and one out. I like to think that, you know, I'm not super high on Trey uh, Young. He gets talked about a lot. Um, a lot of the other stars that are talked about, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, you know, they're getting older. Um, they're fragile. They get hurt a lot. So and it'll be interesting. You know, players are continuing to get better, and who knows what can happen in a year or two from now, but I trust the Jazz are going to be ready. And if the Jazz can land those two Lakers picks, that will be unreal. They'll be so set, so ready to make whatever move they want. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's, uh, you know, I think the Jazz – you know, they'll have to, if they trade some players, they'll have to take some players back. But I think it's all going to be with the mindset of getting more draft picks and setting themselves up for the future. Um, for me, I think the number one acquisition for them to go and get, um, I think John Collins, I think that he would be awesome. I don't think Kyle Kuzma's quite there yet. But I think if the Jazz landed John Collins and were able to get the two Lakers picks, that's a grand slam at yeah. the trade deadline. So here's here's a question I have for you, and I've I've seen this. Danny Ainge traded for Kyrie Irving in Boston. Danny Ainge traded Isaiah Thomas, who was a top five MVP candidate for Kyrie Irving. I saw that Danny Ainge doesn't agree with the view of Kyrie 
is very different in Danny Ainge's eyes than the rest of the league is what was reported yesterday. Do the Jazz take a crack at it this year? A crack at who? Kyrie. Well, I mean, like I was saying, I don't see why not. Um, but I don't see how it helps them. Um, I don't I the thing is the Jazz, I think that the Nets are gonna want something in return. But I think that also the market is going to be pretty sour on Kyrie. I don't think a lot of people are thinking highly. A lot of people want to give him a shorter contract and he wants a longer contract. Um, I mean, if the Nets offered, you know, something that sweetened the pot along with Kyrie and we didn't have to give up much for him. Sure. But like, I don't think Danny would give up a lot to go and land a guy for a potential half season rental just for him to leave. And then, you know, those assets that we gave up to get him are no longer available for a long-term plan. Yeah. So, I mean, here's, here's the thing. And here's kind of what I've heard is so Kyrie, it was reported. Kyrie wants 198 million. Uh, here? No, no, no. Total. So uh, if I pull up the net salary cap here, um, So Kyrie right now is making uh, 30 years old. He's making 36. So he's going to want four or five years at about 50 a year. So let's just say, let's just say we give him five years, um, 40 million a year. That puts uh, us as a team, right? In order to make that work, it's Mike Conley that's leaving and it's, you know, probably Malik Beasley salary wise, those two players add up to Kyrie Irving. Um, if you make those two trades there and Kyrie signs that long-term deal, you're sitting with a lineup that this is, this is before anything else. Long-term Kyrie's only 30 years old. I, I would think that Kyrie's a lot older. Kyrie has another five years in of, of elite play. It's just the way the league's going. So, your lineup of the future is Kyrie at the one, Sexton at the two, Bees or Akbar. Nah, Sexton's always going to be a six man, I think. Well, I'm just saying without without making any other moves, right? Of okay, the okay, future. Okay. Um, but you know, it could also be Clarkson. So let's just say we re-sign Clarkson as well. So we'll go Kyrie at the one, Clarkson at the two, Akbaji at the three, Markin at the four, and Walker Kessler at the five. I think that's a very, very solid lineup. You still have all of your picks. Um, you know, I don't think that Kyrie's value right now is necessarily super high because a lot of teams view it as a one-year rental. But if Danny Ainge knows Kyrie like Danny Ainge thinks he does and thinks he can get Kyrie to, to sign an extension, I think it's worth a shot because Kyrie Irving is good enough that he can make that difference for you. I agree. This is what I have to say. I I just thought about it. If Donovan Mitchell had a problem with Utah, which he did, but he kept it, I guess, a secret for a long time, Kyrie is going to have so many problems, and he's going to speak every single time he has an issue with it. I just don't see it ever working. Like a long-term play, like, you know, the, the racism, or, you know, whether it's racism or, you know, not seeing enough black people in the stands or, you know, whatever it is for them. Um, okay. But here's, here's my question, right? Because both of those guys are very outward speaking guys, 
right? They both speak about community issues and things like that. Which is great, which is what Utah needs. Yes. But Kyrie, Kyrie's biggest, biggest things that he's been called out for in the last couple of years. The vaccine. Kyrie is a start flat earther. But the flat earth didn't (laughs) cause any problems, right? So, so the vaccine, that was a huge deal for Kyrie Irving. You know how many anti-vaxxers are in the state of Utah? Yeah, we don't, that's not a good thing. It's not a a good thing, but that's a thing, right? It's a thing that has to be recognized is that there are a lot of people that agree in the state of Utah with what Kyrie said. Also for the record, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but you know, to have, you know, a mindset that supports someone because of this, like, sure, sure. Anyways, anyways, keep going. And, and the second one is the, um, anti-Semitism stuff. And the Utah as a market has the second fewest Jews per capita in the NBA. So those are kind of the two biggest things. Those are not issues that Utah really deals with. So, and maybe that changes, right? Maybe it's, it's a different issue. Maybe, but I do think that Don's issues with Utah are very different than Kyrie's issues uh, in the league. Kyrie. Um, I mean, he was pretty vocal with all the, you know, the black lives matter stuff too, though. And so, you know, obviously the, the racial injustice would definitely be something that's on his mind. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true, but you know, Kyrie has typically made things work. You know, he grew up in a very different environment than a Donovan Mitchell. And I'm not saying that, you know, it was, it's the right thing or it's the wrong thing. But I do think that the issues between Donovan and Kyrie are so different and I'm not sure how big of an issue it would be for him to be here. I mean, if he signed an extension, that's a good sign. You know, obviously he's like willing to overlook it. My biggest concern is goes back to if he does have a problem, he always puts himself first. He will say he wants out and he will say, get me out now or else I won't play. So that is... I mean, I don't know. It It's a risk I'm willing to take, but it, it could backfire. It could backfire in a year. It could backfire immediately and lose him without you know, sure. getting him to resign. Sure. Um, so my one question is, is the only place, and, and this is a legitimate question, is the only place Kyrie didn't have issues is Boston? No, he had huge bo- uh, issues in Boston. What were the issues, though? I think it was all just internal. I don't know if he ever, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, I thought it was just maybe uh, team chemistry, buttheads with coaches, teammates, culture, you know, whatever. So, I mean, my thing about it, right? He, Asked for a trade out of Cleveland and out of Brooklyn. Now he never did out of Boston. He said he was going to resign. He ended up not resigning, you know, but stars do that all the time. 
But is Danny Ainge bigger than Kyrie? Right? Does Danny Ainge have the type of respect that, you know, Pat Riley has? Because in Cleveland or in, in Miami, right, LeBron was LeBron. LeBron was great. But Pat Riley was bigger than LeBron. Is Kyrie Irving bigger than Danny Ainge or is Danny bigger than Kyrie? And so Danny calls the shots. And not- I think Danny calls the shots for sure, especially in a situation as fragile as Kyrie's. Sure. I think you try to keep him as happy as possible. But at the end of the day, they don't give a crap. They'll do whatever they need to. Yeah, I agree. All right, Max, got to got to close up here. Let's uh, just a hot take real quick. End it. What's your hot take? What happens in the next week? Jazz are making at least two trades. I don't really care what they are. They're Who are gone? Two Who's gone? I think, uh, I mean, Beasley. Okay. Well, I, actually, I'm saying three trades. Three trades, Olenek, Beasley. Bando. Bando. I don't know about Conley, because I think Utah still values Conley a lot. And I think he's still something you could trade in the offseason. I agree. I'll, I'll say this. Those three players are gone. I think we're getting back one first-round pick at least. I think we're getting back a guard. I think you're going to get back some guard defense. Uh, you know, Davion Mitchell could could be a guy that we get back. A Josh Hart. Um, you know, Herb Jones is another name that's been tossed around. I would love Herb Jones. Um, yeah, I've been saying that for years. But we'll we'll kind of see. We'll see where uh, we'll see where that leads. And it's fun time. It's a fun time to be a Jazz fan. Uh, you got anything to close up? Nah, take freaking note. Let's go. Take Looking forward to this trade deadline, baby. We love the jazz. All right. We'll see you next time.